Hi, Phil Maddox. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a very special guest for you. We have Brian Soroka. He is the founder and chief officer of Anime Village, Inc. He's also an award-winning copywriter and creative director. Let's welcome Brian to the show. Hi, Brian. Hi. Thanks for having me today. Great to be here. Yeah. Well, welcome. You are doing some fantastic things. I'm so excited to have our guests learn about um, this can you, uh, meta, metaverse that you're building, right? Yes, yes. It's, it's one of the buzzwords definitely out there, especially in the technology sector. But really what we're doing is, the, the way I like to simplify it is we're creating living, breathing virtual anime world for people to explore and engage with. Oh, exciting. So, so let's, uh, before we get into all that, let's just uh, tell people where you're recording with me today from. Sure, I'm, I'm here in Thornhill, which is a suburb about 20 minutes north of Toronto here in Ontario, Canada, for uh, all you Americans out there and Europeans and wherever else you might be laying your hat. Yeah, I'm in West Hollywood and I'm speaking to Brian Soroka all the way out in Canada with the magic of Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so it, what's the weather like out there right now? Temperature has definitely dipped. Unfortunately, when that happens, uh, I mentioned to you before, I've had a bit of a cold. So if my voice is a bit raspy or, or a bit off, that, that explains that. It always happens at the time of year. But things are definitely, we had 20, 25 degrees a couple of days ago, and now it's just dropped down to like the 12s, the 13s. So oh, definitely fall, fall is on the horizon. Okay, because we're, rec we're recording a little bit before the show is going to go on the air. So we're here like in double digits in California, and he's in 12 degrees. Oh, my God. <laughs> in yeah, I'm jealous. I'm definitely jealous of the weather there in California. Yeah, like um, I remember like when Halloween in October, it was cold because we'd all wear little dresses when we'd go out. And now it's like so warm. You can wear those little dresses without being cold. <laughs> those little outfits for Halloween. So, yeah. Here, unfortunately. yeah, so uh, where did you grow up, Ryan? I'm born bred in Toronto. Uh, worked here all my life and started a family here. I've been, been married for longer than I care to admit. I've got three, I always call them young ones, but they're not that young anymore. But uh, they're very excited about uh, what we're doing. Fortunately, I've, I've raised a couple of monsters when it comes to the anime and manga side of things. So, you know, I always use them as guides for what we're creating, if it's relevant, if it has that cool factor, right? Simply because generally there is that generation gap when it comes to things. Even though I've been a fan since God, since I was like five, six years old, going back to Gachiman, which was uh, um, oh, Battle of the Planets, which they named for the North American market. It really is interesting to get a perspective of different generations, right? Like the Gen Ys and the Gen Zs and all that, just to make sure that you're on the right track, especially when it comes to the social realms and the social channels. So we've always got to make sure that uh, that's a big part of our business is soliciting the opinions of our users to make sure that we're on the right track. And not only that, but how we can improve moving forward. Yeah. So, um, so you grew up in Canada. So when you were uh, a little youngster, did your brothers and sisters, did you go to the movies? Was there any favorite films that you had as a, a little kid? Yeah. The, my movie story is going back to when I was four years old, back in 1975, the first movie my father ever took me to in his infinite wisdom as a parent was Jaws. Ah! And from that, 
Yeah, and instead of being terrified, uh, honestly, it gave me the writing bug. It, it really set me upon my path towards, you know, writing novels, screenplays, uh, comic book scripts, now moving into manga and anime, all of that wonderful stuff. That was really the genesis of, of that love for all things, you know, storytelling. Oh, wow. So it made you want to become a writer. And I'm living in Florida on the East Coast. And we're like, oh, no, I'm not putting my feet in that water. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, originally, I mean, I always wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a comic book artist. I was in love with guys like Walt Simonson and Frank Miller and John Byrne and all those guys from like the 70s and 80s. And then moving forward, um, there's a bunch of other artists that I'm really a fan of as well. But I wasn't very, I wasn't a very talented uh, illustrator. So uh, I found out that, yeah, you know what, I'm a pretty good writer. So this is how I can get involved in something that I really love. Oh, wow. So, so one of your favorite, what was, a, did you have favorite films? Like, I know you uh, love Jaws. Did you have some other favorite films that you just fell in love with? The I always, it's, it's always hard to say because I love movies so, so very much, but if I have to give my number one film of all time, it's probably got to be Peck, Peck and Paws, The Wild Bunch. Oh, The Wild Bunch. Yes. What's your favorite scene in that movie? There's too many to mention. I mean, the, the opening scene is just, I remember reading articles. I mean, it was before my time. I believe the release date for The Wild Bunch was 1969. But based, based on that opening scene, the level of violence and how appalled and how aghast everybody was and now you look at it and it's it's tame right i mean it's just something that you see okay that's that's whatever but yeah the opening scene is probably just he sets the tone and the pace and then all of a sudden it explodes in this orgy of violence and gunfire and and just really really cool I, i'm a huge peckinpah guy um iron cross um, all, all of his stuff. Convoy even is one of my favorites, seeing in theaters as a kid with Chris, Chris Christopherson. And Ernest Borgnine is the bad guy, which is just absolutely hysterical, compelling, and just love it all at the same time. Oh, yeah. Well, now we're getting our, our, our like, our, our share of that violence right on Game of Thrones and all the new, the, the sequel, like, with, like, the gore. And, like, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, every time I watch the movie, I'm just screaming at Greg, no, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't caught the new stuff, um, the dragon show sequel to or the prequel to game of thrones uh i've got it in the queue though we'll, we'll check it out maybe when the season's done i like to binge uh yes i love what binge. and i love how witty <laughs> they have comedy and witty lines in in there so <laughs> yeah they they know how to make you binge watch They're, they've got that skill down <laughs> yeah so um so so you were this little kid growing up and you fell in love with comic books right what was one of your favorite comic books then First comic book I ever read was Daredevil 163, I believe, 1977, I want to say. That was a Frank Miller um, issue. I think it was actually his first issue that he actually penciled without the help of the previous artist. And from that moment, similar to my experience with Jaws, it was like all it took is one bite, and then I was just absolutely hooked. From then on in, every Wednesday, I was at the local comic book shop picking up my titles. Then, like I said, you know, um, really falling in love with with likes of Walt Simonson, Bill Sankovich, uh, John Byrne was another big time favorite of mine, and and really just capturing and, and that's what Anime Village really is all about. I mean, even though you know people will argue, you know, manga and comic books they're they're quite different, but what I will say about that era 
the late 70s to mid to late 80s in the comic book industry, especially on the Marvel side, is they're a whole heck of a lot of fun. And they're a lot smarter than people give them credit for. And that's really the inspiration behind some of the titles that we're writing here at Anime Village, like Adamanta, which is our action title uh, that we just released, the Ashcan, and the full issue is going to drop at the end of October. That that's you can see aspects or feel aspects of those comic books from those eras in the writing and in the style of artwork. Simply because, again, I don't know when it became a bad thing to have fun with these stories. Right, everything has to have um, a message to it, or it has to have some sort of moral to it. And while you know our our, our series aren't aren't bereft of those kind of things, that's not the focus. The focus is. We want people to smile as wide and bright as I was when I was writing these things. So that's that's the goal of Anime Village. Yeah. So so you 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 start collecting all these great comic books. You're a little boy. Then then what what was your path? Did you go to college? Or like what was your next step to your writing career? Yeah, I got my um, BA in English and then corporate communications, and, and that was really kind of like realizing that okay. Even though I, I still deem myself a great writer, um, some would argue the otherwise, but you know, it's a subjective thing. One plus one doesn't equal two, so you can always have an argument in, in that regard. But really, re realizing how difficult it is to break into that industry as a writer, as a creative, whatever the case may be, there's so many talented people out there that just never get a break, that never get their shot, simply because for whatever reason, they don't have the, the right relationships, they don't have that business acumen, for some reason or another, their talent never kind of like seeped through. So I needed to find something that would marry my love for writing. And then I could also earn some cash at. So that's where the copywriting part came in. Oh, do so you have any famous um, copywriting stories you want to share with us or some fun, some fun? Uh, uh, I have some horror stories that I can share with you. I actually, I haven't been involved in the industry in a couple of years now. And, and I got to say, I don't exactly miss it simply because it is a grind. Now, don't get me wrong. I do love some aspects of the business, um, especially since I entered the industry, maybe into like we're talking about the mid 90s. So it was quite a bit different than it is today. We still had a lot of traditional media. You still had print. You still had a lot of television. You still had a lot of radio. And while those things are still around today, uh, the landscape has certainly changed to to the digital um, digital world, right? Where you can measure everything. And that's what's cool about the industry today is you don't have to guess anymore. It's like you used to create a campaign and hope for the best, right? Now you can drop something, release it. You can see it's not getting the results that you wanted. You can shift on the fly and then go to plan B and then change it up from there. So, yeah, I mean, the advertising industry is cool, has a lot of cool things, met a lot of great people, a lot of colleagues that I still keep in touch with over the years. But but again, it, it can't compare to my love for like I'm sitting back and, and spending my days writing manga scripts. Right. I'm planning out these different characters and creating these worlds. And it's like what could be cooler than that it's it's been a lifelong dream of mine so so tell us how anime village inc came about so you love um a magna obviously manga and you love anime so um yeah. so how did you start this whole metadata universe can you tell us how it blossomed sure so i met my partner gary he's out of indiana indianapolis actually and he is a business guy and and he has several startups and successful exits um, while we're quite different in our professional pursuits, what we share in common is a passion for anime and manga. When the pandemic hit in 2020, 
I was a partner at an advertising agency. I left that agency. I was actually quite burned out. I wanted to take some time just to, you know, figure things out. And I, and I figured this is finally an opportunity for me to give a, sh give a shot at what I really want to do, what I really love doing. When I met Gary, um, he was the same frame of mind where he was like, yeah, I don't want to wear a suit to work anymore. I want to create something for fans um, like us, something that's different, something that's true, something that's authentic. And, and while I was first exposed to comic books, the Western style version of animation and comic books, anime and manga have always been kind of like in the backdrop. And then over the past five years, the way the industries have been shifting, I alluded to this before, where we have this storylines that are driven not by, you know, creative, fun, engaging characters and worlds and circumstances. They're reflections of the creators themselves who have these agendas, which let's face it, you agree with them or don't agree with them, that, that's fine. But I don't think that should be the centerpiece of a creative work. Don't get me wrong, you can always have these messages that are built into them, but you should not have that as the focal point. So rather than, I, I become quite disenfranchised with the Marvels of the Worlds, with the DCs of the Worlds. Um, the only title that I've read on an ongoing basis over the past, I want to say, three years is a title called The Immortal Hulk with an artist named Al Ewing and Joe Bennett, but they got off the book a couple of years ago, maybe even one year ago, and the creative team that took over is just, just in my opinion, not very good. So, you know, this is, this is my roundabout way of saying that anime and manga is not hampered by this creative stifling, by worrying about adhering to these agendas and worrying about their creative and all that. So, that's why we decided, okay, if I can write a book that I don't have to worry about, um, you know, all of these things, and I can just focus on the creativity and, and sending these messages out to the folks, then, then why not go for it, right? And that's what we've done. And um, yeah, it's been a real blast. It's, it's manga and, and comic books differ quite a bit. People will argue that it's the artwork, it's the look. I would argue that it is more because Manga tends to focus on the characters. They focus on establishing an emotional tie between those characters and the readers. North American storytelling, on the other hand, is everything is constructed to move a plot forward, right? Every scene, every panel, every piece of dialogue is, okay, we got chuck, 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 one, two, three, we're moving this stuff forward. That's not manga. You can have a whole issue that's just one long fight scene. I right? love You'll it. never find that in a comic book, right? I love I love that um, because that's as a writer and a creative, you don't want any boundaries. You don't want anyone to tell you what to do. That's why we write because there's no rules. A book can be anything. It can be one word on a page and it's a book. And like, I love that. Like you said, like uh, one long fight scene or one long scene of uh, the, uh, the character just contemplating life or just having a good time. I love that. I love that there's no rules. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've moved on to volume two of Adamanto. So volume one is four chapters, each 22 pages, so 88 pages in all. Now I've moved on to the second volume, and I had 18 pages of the 22 pages as a battle between one of the lead characters and, and one of the other characters that uh, he, he just met. So, And again, that would never happen in a comic book, and people would like, well, that's not a story. 
Well, I would argue that, you know, if you've seen the latest Dragon Ball film in theaters, right, there's like a 45-minute battle. Again, that'll <laughs> never happen. And you see how popular and how well anime films are doing in theatrical releases. It's absolutely crazy. You have Demon Slayer, you have Dragon Ball, which did really well. Never happened before. I never thought in a million years manga and anime would, would ascend from niche to or cult status to mainstream like it has, especially so quickly. But, but again, I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. People were had a lot of spare time. They were looking for alternate sources of content. And lo and behold, you know, the, the markets, both markets have just exploded and continue to grow uh, in 2022. Awesome. So, um, so how, would, how would our listeners go find out about your, can they play it already or do they have to wait or like what, how do they discover your, your anime village? Well, they'll be able to do a bunch of stuff, and as we move forward, they'll be able to do a lot more. So we are getting ready to upload a playable EXE demo on myanimevillage.com. So you'll actually be able to get a taste. And and when I say just a taste is because you'll be able to take your avatar, which is Shinichi Tanzo, which is our chief protagonist from Adamanto, and you'll be able to check out Village 555, which is the hub, of our metaverse and and when i say when i say we're creating a metaverse it's a bit of a misnomer because we're actually creating metaverses um i've kind of taken my advertising and marketing hat and put it on when we built the anime village business simply because we realized that if we just focus on one if we just had the adamanto line uh if you're not into the the action segment then it probably won't speak to you so that got gary my partner and i thinking what if we created, if we we focused on four different genres, main genres, and then we build subgenres under there, but the main genres will act as what we're calling genre villages. We tie the manga into those villages, and then the storylines introduced from the manga drive the metaverse quests and some of the activities. And that's exactly what we're doing. So Village 555, like I said, is the one anomaly in that it is not tied to a genre. It is the hub where people will go um, to first experience Anime Village. And then from there, they can transport themselves and their avatar to the different genre villages that we're building. The first of which, like I mentioned, is Adamanto Action. The island is called Fury Falls. Then we have Adventure, which is Legends Gate. We have Supernatural, which is Mystic Valley. And then finally, we have Slice of Life which is going to be Harmony Hills. But the first build is going to be Fury Falls. And that's going to be taking place, I would say, over the next six months. Oh, great. So do do they need a code or they can just, where do they need to go? Like, do they need a code? Do we need to give them a special no, code? All or? you have to do to... to... So um, Brian's about to tell us like how our listeners, if you'd like to check out his anime village and um, get your avatar. You there? So, oh yeah. So Brian, what, what, how do they go check out the um, anime yeah. village? You go to myanimevillage.com and at the top navigation, there's a preview uh, link and all the, the directions are there. Okay. how to download the EXE. It's pretty simple. So myanimevillage.com. I'll put it in the podcast summary. So anyone listening who wants to check out um, Brian Soroka's a really, really cool anime village with, what's the lead character's name again? The avatar? Shinichi Tanzo, which is, it's kind of combining my love for film again with, um, 
with anime and manga. So Shinichi, for those who know, was actually the real first name of Sonny Chiba. And Sonny Chiba, I'm a huge, huge, or unfortunately he passed away uh, several years ago. Uh, Street Fighter is one of my favorite um, action series of all time. He, he was just an inspiration to me, just a great, great actor, just incredibly, incredibly talented man. And I always wanted to create a character that somehow incorporated some of his um, traits and personality. So Shinichi, the lead protagonist from Adamanto, is actually named after him. Tanso is actually Japanese for iron or like a thing of iron, which pertains to he is a bladesmith, and there's some other aspects of, of the narrative that tie into that whole ironclad thing. But yeah, that's that's the way that one went. And and you said that the avatars, you can like um, get uh, special like costumes and um, weapons and uh, accessories and right? Yeah, that's and that's really based on another mandate for Anime Village is that we look, we realize that Metaverse, Web3, NFTs, all of these um, wonderful acronyms and catchphrases. There's a lot of, um, I want to say people are a bit suspicious of them and they have a right to be simply because, look, it's an emerging market. Whenever you have an emerging market that takes off like this, you're going to have a lot of speculation, a lot of speculators. They're going to drive the prices up of things that don't present any value. This has certainly happened in the realm of NFTs, where you have people that are buying these products, these pieces of art, um, video, music, for hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. But what real value do they offer uh, the purchaser? So when we were thinking about, okay, we're going to offer NFTs simply because we think it's an important part of, of product mix, it really represents a very small part of our business. But at the same time, if we're going to offer them, we want to provide value for the people that are purchasing them. And how we can provide added value is by introducing utility into them. So, for instance, one of the first series that we're going to be launching features Shinichi uh, from Adamanto. And he's going to be decked out in different garbs from the different eras of Japanese lore. So we have um, Samurai Shinichi, and then we have Ninja Shinichi, and uh, all of these different very cool kind of armors or uniforms that he's going to be featured in. Now, when you purchase that particular NFT, so let's say I go out, I buy Samurai Shinichi, I am going to receive an avatar in that same outfit. It's going to be a one of one. So you're going to be the only one that has that avatar, which I think is really, really cool. And again, I use my son as a sounding board for that when he says, yeah, I would do that. And as soon as I get that confirmation, I know that we're on the right track. So uh, that's that's going to be the direction for the NFTs that we're offering. And any subsequent NFTs that we do offer are going to have utility built into them that offer the purchaser some sort of added value. I love that, that you really thought about your consumer and the person playing your game and coming to your anime village. And I just love your passion that you're so, um, you really know what you're doing you you've researched it it's like it's in your blood to do this like it was your destiny to write this. yeah honestly i mean look gary and i started this full-fledged about i want to say just over a year ago we've been working on this off and on for about two years but really hardcore over the past year or so and and you really must love it because simply because you know we're, we're not making a lot of money at this right now we're building stuff and what we've built, especially over the past eight months, is you know patting myself on the back. It's pretty impressive. I mean, we've created a whole entire world, and not only that, but we've come up with a unique way 
to allow people to experience the metaverse with this tie-in to the stories that we're introducing in the manga. And again, this harkens back to my advertising and marketing days where I was a big proponent of integrated programs, um, campaigns that uh, incorporated various different modes of communication or mediums, right? I, I always felt that gave you the biggest bang for your buck and the, the longest or the biggest reach. We're doing the same thing with our business model in Anime Village where NFTs, manga, avatars, um, purchases that you can make, um, land parcels, all of these different things are all intertwined and intermingled in some way, shape, or form. Um, so this not only gives you a wide breadth of products to, and services to choose from, but it also allows you to engage with our products the way you see fit. Maybe you're a more casual person. You just want to hang out in Village 555 and kick a soccer ball around with your friend or read the latest issue of Adamanto. Maybe you're more hardcore. Maybe you're into gaming. Uh, that's another product that we're going to be offering is RPGs that are, again, based on the manga titles that we're going to be releasing. But they're also going to be quests introduced into the metaverse that you can either go on your own or with friends to either gain artifacts, clothing, different things that you can outfit your avatar with, you can outfit your land with. So there are just... Honestly, there's just countless ways that people can interact and create this experience the way they, they want to. Oh, it sounds so fun. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, you said you have some sponsors already, like Crunchyroll. Can you share a little bit about that to our audience? Right. Well, not, not a sponsor. What we're doing is we, we want to partner with like-minded companies. We want to make sure that when we offer um, a virtual theater or a virtual cinema, that we're showing stuff that people really, really love and want to gravitate towards. Um, we want to make sure that when we license other properties, so like I said, we're going to have original avatars that are based on the, the characters and worlds that we've created, but the plan has already always been to be an interoperable metaverse, meaning that we can bring other characters in. So for instance, you know, if the the owners of the Naruto IP wanted to say, hey, we want a Naruto uh, avatar, we'd be more than happy to welcome them aboard, right? If uh, One Punch Man guys came came around and said, yeah, we, we want uh, to have some characters represented as avatars, the more the merrier. Because we realize that, again, people are fans and manga fans and anime fans are rabid, loyal, and just love, love, love this stuff to death. So we have to make sure that not only are we providing them with the, the content that they really, really want, but we stay true to the spirit of the art form as well. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And you said you uh, you have space for advertising, like that they can buy space in there or you can buy land, right? Yeah. Well, it's the metaverse, right? So it's similar to like if you want to go into a Decentraland or, or a sandbox, you can actually purchase parcels of land. You can check this all out at myanimevillage.com. Uh, we have five different sizes that you can purchase. So whether it's for personal use or whether it's for your business, it's happening more and more where businesses are setting up shop in metaverse environments where they're selling their products, where they're either virtual or they have ties to their traditional or, or physical products, whether it's through rebates, whether it's through um, other incentives that they're kind of tying the two in between. And that's really the cool thing about the metaverse. I mean, when people ask me or when people ask what the metaverse is, I say it's just a reflection of our physical world here because when all this has been said and done, you're going to be able to do pretty much anything you can do here on planet Earth 
than you can do on the metaverse. You want to go shopping, you want to check out a movie, you want to read a book, you want to hang out with friends, whatever the case may be, you're going to be able to do it in the metaverse. Wow, so fantastic. So excited to get to to share with our audience to come check out your anime village. And I know they're going to come check it out. And I'm really excited to see this metaverse myself. And um, maybe you'll have Filmatics and me or over there or something. So I can say, hey, everybody from Filmatics, come over here and check it out. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not into if you're not into some of our characters, you can certainly create your own avatar. We're going to have a custom avatar builder as well. So you can make it look like yourself. You can make it look like maybe your favorite movie character, whatever the case may be. We're still working out some of the bugs on that. But it is we realize it is a huge undertaking. So we've been pretty good at compartmentalizing things where it's like, okay, the first focus is going to be on Village 555 and Fury Falls. Those are going to be the first builds, and then we're going to get on to the other stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're so happy to have you on the show today, Brian. Everyone, do check out his amazing metaverse. Like I said, it's Anime Village, uh, myanimevillage.com, right? Yes. Okay, great. So happy to have you on the show today, Brian. Thank you. It's been great. Yeah, and if everyone could take a second to download the podcast, if you'd like to give us a nice five-star review, if you'd like to support us, PayPal Anonymous content. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and have a really terrific week, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Bye, everyone.